Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Um, so anyways, welcome guys. There's a lot of you. We are combined tonight. Um, glad to have you guys all here. Last week was an amazing week. Um, just baptisms and Hume, and like you guys saw in the video, like, Really, really just excited what God is doing in your guys' lives and being a part of being able to witness that and watch you guys is just really, truly a blessing to me and I know for your leaders as well. So um, as you guys know, I am going to start a new series. We're going to be doing it for the next five weeks. We'll be combined this week, but then for the rest of the series, we will be, um, junior high will be downstairs, high school will be upstairs. So uh, when we were kind of talking about what we wanted our next series to be, Uh, I think this series that we chose is really fitting because, right, we all coming back from human as leaders and, you know, what I feel God has called us to do is don't let Hume be the high of whatever it was, right? We learned this at high school, Hume. Hume Lake is not a camp high. It's an obedience high, right? And so if we want to carry that, like that is our heart for you as leaders is to carry that through week in and week out, day in and day out with you guys. And so this series is going to point us towards Easter Sunday, right? Biggest celebration in the Christian faith, Easter Sunday. Everything revolves around Easter Sunday. And so we want to kind of help you prepare your hearts for that. And so each week we're we're going to point you towards Easter. And actually today we're starting off this series and it actually happens to be Lent. So how many of you guys know what Lent is? Okay, I'm not going to preach on Lent, but just it's, an, it's this idea of some people give up something, maybe social media or maybe eating too much sugar or having too much Coca-Cola. Um, that has a lot of sugar. By the way, Robert and Russ, why would you give them a bunch of sugar before I'm going to preach? <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> um, so it's this idea of sacrifice, giving up something that you really like. Sometimes they become idols, right? We talked about that at Junior High Hume. And just giving it up, and each time you think about using that thing or having you know, your phone or whatever, but you gave it up, it's, and then you can use that time to kind of point you um, and think about the sacrifice that Jesus did. And so maybe you do something for Lent, maybe not, but... Um, all right, but before we begin, I had a couple of girls. I asked them some questions, or asked them a question to kind of start us off. So, Alyssa and Emily, can you guys come up here for just a second? Because what I did was, um, yes, Alyssa and Emily also went with us to junior high Hume too. So, it's this idea, right? Sometimes you'll see these polls or posts or whatever, and it's like, what's one thing nobody really knows about you? And so, they're going to share the one thing that maybe... Nobody really knows about them. So, Alyssa, what did you say? Um, for me, it's, I seem like I'm a very like extroverted person, but really I like to stay in instead of going out. All right. So she's more of an introvert when she maybe people thought me she was more of an extrovert. Emily, how about you? Um, I am like a picky eater. I really love food, and the food I like I really love, but I'm like picky like about a lot of things. Like I don't like sushi or peanut butter or stuff like that. Ah, picky eater. So... You know what? I've, I have been with these girls for six or seven years. I didn't know that about you guys. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, and in all fairness, I told them that I would share one thing that you guys might not know about me. I, how many of you have seen or heard of the show Survivor? I was on that show. Psych! No. Um, but I did. <laughs> I did try out for it. I sent in a video clip. I got my passport. I did everything in... Obviously, I didn't make the cut. 
Um, but I did. I tried out for it. And so many, many people might not know that about me, but now you do. But wait, this idea is like we all have things about us that nobody knows, right? We, we think that we know a person, but then we find out things and we're like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Um, and so that's kind of like the idea where we're going with this. And then this idea of a prism, okay? Science teacher here, so I obviously brought this one from my classroom. But um, in some ways, every person is like a prism, right? You kind of see it looks like something, but when you start to take a closer look, or especially if you shine light in it, I don't know if you guys have ever played with these in science class. I like to turn the lights off. It's not going to get much reflection because of all the light that's in here. But, right, prisms, then you start seeing all of these rainbows of colors, and you can see facets, and you can see... Um, all of a sudden, we just th see things that we couldn't see before. And in the same way, we know, we can't know everything about um, all there is to know about someone just by looking at them. We can take a deeper look. The truth is, even if you know plenty about other people and other people know you, we can all still live with the feeling that nobody really knows me. Here's what I mean. We all experience loneliness at times, right? I was reading online and I read about a survey and it said that one in 10 people would experience or have experienced or say that they have experienced loneliness at some times. So think about that. If you're in a class, right, and you've got 10 kids, four of those people are feeling like they're lonely, right? They feel like maybe they really don't fit in. I know I've been there before. We have this idea that we just really don't fit in or that nobody really knows us. And honestly, those are two lies that come from Satan because we're going to learn that there is somebody who knows us deeply. We are fully known and fully loved by God. And so I'm going to need two volunteers for my next... I need some tall people. Ray, I know you're tall, and you're tall right here. <laughs> Give me just a second. I need you two to come grab something for me. Can you guys just go right over there, grab that? looks like a big piece of PVC pipe. I want to kind of show you this idea. Come on up this way. Well, we won't hurt Sarah's stuff. And I want... Ray, you can come back here. Is that the microphone? I knew this thing was going to bother me. There we go. I'll put it up here. All right. Um, and then, Ray, come this way because I want it to be vertical. That's a math word. So, Ray, you come this way. And you're going to go to the back by the guitar. Oh, there we go. We got it. All right. So, the idea here, right, is that for most of us, right, it kind of feels like there's a barrier between us and the rest of the world. Or there's a barrier between us and certain relationships that we have in our lives. And so, I mean, we can hear kind of what's going on over there, but... We can see kind of what's going on over there, but there's something between us and them. And we're going to talk about this barrier again in a minute, but it's this idea of kind of like this curtain and just like this separation, right? The separation we can feel in our lives, in our relationships, that something is just in the way that we just feel disconnected. Disconnection is huge, especially with COVID. It kind of made us a little bit more disconnected. It wanted to make us disconnected, but that's not where we have to leave it, so... All right, guys, thank you so much for being my... Let's give them a round of applause for being my curtains. And one thing I want you guys to know is that everybody feels this way. 
Everybody feels loneliness at time. The popular kids, yes, they feel lonely at times. Adults, yes, they can. Couples, yes, they can feel lonely also. Anybody have lots of friends, right? You can still feel lonely. Even you can have, I don't know how many followers or people you have in your corner sometimes. You can still feel loneliness even with all of those people around you. And we also know two things. One, everybody feels this way. The second thing is that we all know that it's not supposed to be like this. We know this, if you've ever heard of the story of creation, which I hope you guys have, is God created us in his image and to be relational beings. We just got done with the relationship series, and we know that God created us to be relational with one another. So this disconnect that we feel or this loneliness that we can feel at times, it's not supposed to be like that. Isn't there something, I'm sorry, is there something in us that feels like we're not supposed to feel disconnected from others? Something in us tells us that we're not meant to live feeling alone or like an outsider. Sometimes you can feel like an outsider looking in. We can't really explain it, but we feel it sometimes. We were not created to live like this. Sometimes we can feel this way about God too. For some of you, you feel, or at least you've been taught, that God is close and he cares about your life. Others of you have been taught or felt like God is far away, distant, cold, or like abstract, somebody, big guy in the sky that, you know, we don't have this, any relationship with, which isn't really helpful when you're already feeling disconnected from people. The idea of Jesus sounds nice, but let's be honest, as incredible as it is to know that Jesus died for my sins on a cross, it doesn't always feel helpful when I'm alone on a Friday night or when I watch other people going someplace and, I, and I'm not there or I haven't been invited. When I'm disconnected from everyone alone, it doesn't always make us feel better. So I'm going to see, I'm going to kind of break down or explain how we can bring that barrier or how that barrier has been broken for us. So just like people are prisms, Jesus is a lot like a prism too. No matter whichever way we want to talk about it, whether you are a believer of Christ or not, follower of Christ, and this is in the world too, there is no question that Jesus Christ changed the world. Absolutely. His life, his death, his resurrection absolutely changed the world. We base our calendar on the words BC. There was before Christ and then there was after. Like, there's no question whether you find in history books, Jesus in history books, he changed the world and he was revolutionary. So I want to do a little bit of a background on the history, a little bit of Jesus' life, the culture that it was back when he was crucified. So um, I think I have a picture up here. We have a temple. So just let me geek out for a minute. Um, I do Historically, I love, I love following the timeline of history and putting it up with the Bible because there again, it just shows me the, the, that God's word is truth. Um, and so here's a picture of the temple, and why this is important is because of one of the rooms that we'll explain in just a second, but this temple was designed for the Jewish people, and they would go there to worship, um, but even within the temple, there was like different sections. So for instance, like if you weren't Jewish, you had to stay on the outside. You were not allowed to be in there. Um, if you were a woman, you could go in, but you can't, couldn't go all the way into some of the rooms. So you might have to stay outside in the courtyard. And then as you get closer, if you were a priest, then as, if you were a priest, there were certain rooms that you were allowed to go into because you had to do your priestly duties. 
But there was one room that I want to talk about, and it was called the Holiest of Holies. How many of you have heard of that room, the Holiest of Holies? Okay, so the Holiest of Holies was where God's presence for the Jewish people would dwell. It was his glory. It would dwell in this, in this Holiest of Holies. Well, the Holiest of Holies was covered by a veil or, or a um, curtain, much like the one that was up here. And only one day a year was the high priest allowed to go in there. And the high priest would go in there and he would sacrifice for the sins of the Jewish people once, once a year. Um, and so what I get from that is they had a lot of separation, right? You can't go here. You don't, you know, you're a woman, so you need to stay out here. And so they were kind of keeping separate what was sacred, and thank goodness the good news is, is that's no longer kept separate for us, and I'll explain why in a minute. But um, in our culture, we have a lot of separation right now, unfortunately. Um, it saddens my heart to see people having just differences and allowing it to separate us as communities, as people. Um, the whole mask thing, do you wear a mask or not, it separates people. And uh, it just hurts my heart to see that. And so... I want to kind of point us to the good news of um, Jesus had separation in his culture, and so do we. So how do we get from that Easter, for our, so how do we get from that to Easter with this whole prism idea? Many Jewish people hoped that Jesus would come um, and conquer the Romans. He wanted, the Jewish people wanted Messiah to come and basically get rid of the Romans. They thought that was how they were going to be able to have freedom from the oppression that they experienced under the Roman rule. The Romans were evil people. They were mean, as we can see through Jesus' crucifixion. So they hoped that that's what he was going to do, but in reality, that's not what he did at all. Let me read from Matthew. Matthew kind of tells us what happened instead. Um, instead, the Romans arrested Jesus for made-up reasons, took him through a shady court system. They arrested him at night and took him to go see people to be tried in closed doors, right? So the whole thing was he was framed and then sentenced to death. And Matthew reads it here, Matthew 27, 33 through 37. It says, they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the school. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, Mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And I don't have a lot of time to go into that, but I'll come back to that in just a second. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So two things I want to point out there. They couldn't find anything to, to, to charge Jesus with for death. They were pulling. They were trying to get him. The Jewish people wanted him. They wanted to be rid of him because he was revolutionizing. He was changing things. And so they came up with the only thing they could. And this is what they said he had to put on, his, on top of the cross where he was crucified was Jesus, King of the Jews. That's what they ended up crucifying him for, or that's what they could find in order to try to get away with this. But um, maybe you can go back and look at that a little bit later. 
But this part here where it says, and when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit, and at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So that veil that separated God's glory from the people, where the high priest could only go in once a year for the sacrifice of the sins, Jesus completely annihilated that. And what that means is that separation from the sacred no longer had to be. Because if you have Jesus Christ and you have accepted him and you follow him with all of your heart, you have direct access to the universe maker. He made a way by his crucifixion. And let me tell you guys, crucifixion back in those times, it was, it was horrible. Not only would they crucify you, but they made it a public spectacle so that everybody was able to look at you. When Jesus was walking on the road, it's called the Via Della Rosa, on the road to take, they made him carry his own cross after they had lashed him and beat him. Made him carry his own cross up a hill called the Via Della Rosa. And uh, I lost my thought. I'm so sorry. Because it gets me emotional. As they did that, they mocked him. They spat at him. They insulted him. This was a man who did not sin a single sin. And the reason why he was on that cross was for us. So he could go and tear the veil so that the separation would no longer exist between us and God. And that is the picture that I want to help you guys understand. Is that the crucifixion, the cross, that's just the start. That was what he chose to do when they were insulting him. And when they were, he was carrying up there, could barely hold the cross going up there. He thought of you. He was there for you and for me. And I don't take that lightly. And that's why I felt, as we were coming into this series, the importance of understanding to feel the weight of what a perfect man did. And when I think of what I've done, who I can be sometimes, that, that word that she's saying in that song that said that my shame is no longer and that I am called by my new name, I just, I can't, I cry every time because I just go to that thought of like, how could somebody love me so much to go through all of that pain, all of that agony, all of that ridicule, all of that for somebody like me? But that's because he loves us so, so much. So one thing I know for sure that the days of separation are over because Jesus said it is finished. He went, he lifted up his spirit and the veil was torn. And now we can walk in freedom for those of us who have accepted Christ and said he is Lord and Savior of my life. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in hope. We can walk in peace knowing that the universe maker wants to be my personal Savior. And I praise God for that. And if that's the only thing you guys hear tonight is know that the separation is no longer. That distance, that loneliness that you feel sometimes from your friends, from your family... Know that God is close to you, and he's not going anywhere. Romans chapter 8, I forget, I think it's verse 28 or something, is one of my favorite Bible verses because it talks about how when God, when Jesus tore the veil and the separation was over forever, it's a promise to us. Nothing in this world can separate you from the love of Christ. It says, no, nor height, nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things past, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing in all creation for those that are in Christ Jesus can ever be separated from his love. And I take great peace in knowing that. And 
But what part of my heart I want to share with you guys is that you can be close to God. So as for today, as I kind of close up a little bit, is what does this idea of Jesus kind of closing the gap mean for us or when the veil was torn? For some of you, this idea might be totally new. You never knew or considered closeness with God something that you could experience. You have only maybe ever experienced God as being distant or far away or unreachable. But I want you guys to consider, reconsider that Jesus' life and his death prove to be true. That you can be confident that Jesus, because of Jesus, you are close to God. The veil was torn. When they have that phrase that says the veil was torn, they're talking about when Jesus gave up his spirit and the separation from the sacred was no longer. And so for those of us who are Jesus followers, right, it's our job now to treat other people like they can also be connected to Jesus as well. It's like having this huge amount of hope and peace and joy and all the fruits of the Spirit that we have and then hoarding it for ourselves. No, God said, for God so loved the world. That means everybody. So those people in the back of your mind where you think, oh my goodness, God can never do anything with that. I'm a perfect example that God can make a, mess, a message out of anybody's mess because I'm here today by the grace of God and because I met Jesus Christ and I made him Lord of my life. So don't ever count out what God can do with those people in your life that you just think complete train wreck because he can. Continue, just keep praying with them, keep sh sharing your light. We are image bearers of Christ. That means that the light that we have inside of us, we can reflect that to the rest of the world. And so just, we're going to have some life group time in a minute, but um, Sarah's going to go ahead and come back up. I just want you guys to kind of get this idea of preparing our hearts in preparation to be celebrating and to be understanding and loving so much for our Savior who sacrificed everything for us. So you guys can go ahead and come up and I'm going to pray just, Lord Jesus, thank you that you Look upon us people and love us so much that you did not want the separation to go on any longer. And that you, from heaven, where you have all authority, Lord God, decided that you wanted to come to this earth so that you could tear the veil, Lord, by giving up your life, giving up your spirit, and dying the death that we so desperately deserved. Yet you decided that you would have such a great love for us that you would do it instead. So we take that with us now and help us to go share that with others. Help us to know that we're never alone. Even when we're in a crowded room and it feels like we're the, so lonely and disconnected from everybody, we know that you are close to us, Father God. And we just thank you and love you, Father, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.